0: and mutilations. You're listening to Otherworldly Culture presents Dead On Movie Reviews. Tonight, we will present horror movie reviews and lively debate here on otherworldlyculture.com and on future select Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You can join our live chat at that time by clicking on Live Shows, uh, the Live Shows link, on OtherworldlyCulture.com. I'm your host, Tim Kretchman. coming to you from the land of lakes and landfills, beautiful and smelly Muskego, Wisconsin. It's my honor to introduce the Faculty of Fear panel presenting tonight's lectures. Hailing from the Motor City, Detroit, Michael Ciesleck has a video problem, and he's working on that right now. He's ah! a lifetime reader and a writer of horror, mystery, and speculative fiction. He has served as an officer in the Great Lakes Association of Horror Writers and is the editor of the Eerie Tales Anthologies. Michael is the editor-in-chief of Dragon's Roost press and his works have appeared in a number of collections including doa extreme horror dead science vicious verses and reanimated rhymes and the collaborative steve punk novel army of brass he is a kilt enthusiast and he's killing it over at the dragon's roost biz he is michael seeslick
1: hello michael michael sees who is now represented by a big blue s there There you go go. there we go look at that (laughs) look at that like a hard time
0: all right happy new year everyone happy new year and next we have tracy de leon she's been in 11 over 11 films a good friend of the show with numerous appearances here and it's a thrill to have her on the show with us tonight She is the denizen diva of the disturbing, who frequently partakes in films quite unnerving. She always gives the straight dope and goes into every film with a glimmer of hope. She's afraid to go ankles deep into a flick and calls out douche for being a prick. Now it's my pleasure to set out eyes all upon our panelist tonight, Tracy DeLeon. Hi, Tracy. Hey,
2: guys
0: hey tracy up?
2: it's been so long
0: it has been a long time and our final panelist tonight last and least we have the founder of east coast Horror group uh who is on top of his game when he isn't watching poop he complains about action shots of a pool cleaner which he does with his copyrighted surly demeanor. Some say about horror, he is obsessed. I say it's only that frickin' VHS. He's the coach, Coach McGurk, Coach Michael Exler. How you doing, Mike?
3: I'm doing good, thanks hey. for uh, having me back on. It's uh, It's been, like Tracy said, it's been far too long.
0: It, it has, and that is such an old intro. I still have East Coast Horror Group on it. That, you do. That impressed me how old that one was. But I found <laughs> it, and I was like, I got to use this. So everybody. That's funny. Go ahead.
3: No, I was just saying that's funny. I
0: hadn't heard that one in a very long time. A very long time. And by the way, folks, we used to do the show on Tuesdays. We're moving all of our shows to Thursdays because those weeks where I was trying to do Tuesdays and Thursdays, that's why we didn't have any uh, shows in 2023 of Dead On Movie Reviews. I was burnt out. But I have now decided we're going to do them in series. Uh, And weeks at uh, Jeff Can't Do Dead On The Bases, we're going to uh, insert Dead On Movie Reviews during that season, but mostly that's going to be a nine-episode season. And then, of course, to kick off this season, we got, I think it's three or four episodes of Dead On Movie Reviews we're going to do Basically, we're doing Dead On Movie Reviews to get ourselves ready for the Horror Realm um, Convention in Pittsburgh. So, It's going to be a great one. We'll talk more about that later on in today's program. I think what we're going to do, we're going to start things off with um, Michael Seasleg telling us about his movie. So, Mike, tell us what you've been watching.
1: I have been watching uh, Night Swim. I was actually fortunate enough to get a sneak preview of it. Um, So I did see it in the theater. Um, The first thing that we need to address is uh, the elephant in the room, or in this case, the elephant in the backyard. Uh, Yes, the idea of a haunted swimming pool is absolutely ridiculous. Okay. (laughs) Um, We're just going to put that aside. I would agree. Um, This is a standard-length movie that was based on a four-minute short. Uh, I think it may have more impact as a four-minute short, but that doesn't mean it's a bad movie. <clears throat> um, that being said, the film doesn't feel stretched out at all. Hmm. Uh, the basic plot involves um, the the most horrifying thing that anyone knows: um, moving into a new house. Um, the there's a family. Well, you um, know
0: that because you
1: just moved into I, a new house. Trust me, there's there's all kinds of parallels with this movie, because we've got a swimming pool, too, and I'll get to that. <laughs> um, the father in the family is um, played by uh, Wyatt Russell. Um, does a pretty good job, I thought. He's a uh, former pro baseball player, so we've got the whole baseball angle. If you guys want to both watch this for the other oh, show at go. some point, there you oh, go. Oh, look at that. Um He is uh, suffering from MS. Um, When we first see him, he's uh, um, struggling walking with um, uh, crutches and a walker, and then he has to go down to a wheelchair. And he's thinking that, okay, of all the houses they look at, they move into this one that has a swimming pool because maybe um, it'll be good. You know, the hydrotherapy will be good for him. Okay, Excuse me. Um, They do look at some other films. There is a little bit of uh, a before this part starts. There's like a little background thing. I'm going to skip over that because I don't want to give anything away. Okay. Um, Turns out that the hydrotherapy does work amazing things for him, and soon he is um, walking without aid. He's Mm -hmm. actually – he goes to help his son's uh, Little League team, and um, he's hitting like he was before. Does the whole natural – hits the ball into the lights, the lights explode, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. problem is it's a horror movie so there's got to be a downside to this right and that downside is bad things start to happen to everyone else in the family especially when they swim at night i personally don't go into my pool at night i don't have the cool light setup that they have there okay um each of the kids um experiences something weird um the the son who's the younger one um, hears a voice coming from the uh, water intake for the filter system. Hold on and then some
0: hold on I'm sorry. Hold on just a moment. Mr. Exler, I'm gonna ask this question on your behalf. Is there a pool cleaner that's going around in the pool? Because
1: there is there is no paranormal activity pool cleaner oh. going around. <laughs> okay,
0: because it's oh been goodness. established that's the most frightening thing on Earth, is, oh, a, is a pool cleaner thing going
1: around. That's a lot. i got to tell that's you, <laughs> I have, I have lost hours watching ours just go back. <laughs> and and sometimes it's very calming. It's like, you know, like one of those Zen gardens where All you right. rake the sand. And sometimes it's infuriating. It's like watching uh, a Roomba, like, not pick up a scrap of dust. It's like, why <laughs> are you not getting into that corner? But back to the movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> The daughter has a weird experience when she's playing Marco Polo on a date where she thinks someone's there and there isn't. The same thing happens to the mom. There's a lot of like people under the water thinking that they see things and there's not anyone there. All of this kind of comes to a head um, where they have a giant pool party and um, someone almost drowns. Very effective scene. Again, for people who are going to watch it, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but it, I thought that was really well done. Um, in in the pool,
0: in are, the pool, are there any Native Americans that are buried in the pool?
1: There are no Native Americans buried underneath the pool. Okay, just check. Do however, just check. Yeah. You're doing like the perfect segue in for me. We do, however, have the standard people who move into a haunted establishment research montage where the wife starts <laughs> to find out about things that happened before here. And there's like a history of bad things happening and people have drowned. And there is a um, like a natural spring that used to be there. And this is hinted at at the very beginning when they first move in. And um, the uh, person who's helping them set the pool up says that it's on some kind of, like, natural aquifer, so it'll automatically keep feeding and filtering the water, and they're going to shock it once, but they should never have to do anything with it again. And that's that's, that's where I'm turning the page, and we're getting into the part that frustrated the poop out of me because they check that pool once and it's fine the whole rest of the time. They have a cover that they don't even use. And I gotta tell you, I had to relearn high school chemistry in order to keep my pool free from algae and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, 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 I'm going tangential again. That's okay. Um, This is not a bad movie, but it's not a great movie. There are some things that they do really well. I thought the acting was all pretty good, especially when you've got a bunch of, um, not a bunch, you've got the family, you've got the daughter and the son, but then you've also got some of their friends as well. All the kid actors were very believable. That's that's one thing that can really bug me sometimes, and I thought that was really well done. Um, Some of the effects... Not so great. We've got some kind of dodgy looking CGI. Is this, a, is this a Blumhouse, this one? This this is a Blumhouse, um... Joint. Oh, uh, <laughs> what's, uh, robot, the, the... Bad robot? James Wan's thing, too. Oh, this, yeah, this, this is this their first thing one. Together.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. Um... um because their CGI varies a great deal on Blumhouse yes and I think it's they they put in like temporary uh like effects sometimes and then they they go oh maybe we're gonna release this theatrically and they forget to fix it <laughs> uh it's, it's just something I've noticed a few times because sometimes like they're they're Video for the directive streaming stuff. Their their effects are actually better than some of the theatrical stuff. And I'm like, did somebody mix files somewhere in the backyard? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. So, but James Wan he didn't direct this
1: one. He was just no, he did not. No, okay. It was just his production company was also associated along with it along with Blown House. Um, to make up for some of the dodgy specs, there is some really good cinematography. There are some um, very disorienting shots of when people are in the pool. Mm-hmm. There's some really well-done, like, long-distance shots from underneath the water. Um, the uh, Your nice segue into the James Wan thing is that there is, I think, that there's enough backstory that they hinted at that if this does well enough in the theater, I can completely see them doing... Um, a whole bunch of uh, prequels kind of the way they did with uh, uh, The Conjuring kicking off the whole Annabelle series. I think that they've dropped enough breadcrumbs as to what happened before that they can go back to this well or pool if they want to.
0: I, From what I've been hearing, I don't think that's going to be a problem that they have to make more. their <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're, they're, uh... Their box office hasn't actually, and, and people are like, and, and it's funny. One of the uh, podcasts that that I watch about box office, they're like, well, why is it? You got Blumhouse, and you got, you know, and I'm I'm sitting there, and I'm like, this is a horror movie dumped first thing in January. In January, has anybody yes. ever done a huge opening in January with a horror movie? I can't think of January's-
1: one. January is when everything gets dumped. When the horror movie is getting born in January, you know that they didn't have high hopes for it, but they just wanted to kind of get it out there. Uh, personally, I think this is one you could probably wait for it to come on streaming, but it's not something that was, you know, offensive that you wouldn't, you know. It's good to have on in the background while you're doing stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I think right now it's still considered theatrical, and I looked at Prime, and it was like 20 bucks. Yeah, uh, I, I think if you wait until after this show, it'll probably be down a couple dollars already. <laughs> and, uh,
1: it, it, it's <laughs> simply on the basis of my review. Wow, I feel well, powerful. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I well, I think because this is a Blumhouse, that means it's Universal. They're going to throw this out on uh, Peacock pretty quick. Yeah, so I I think if people can rest themselves just a little bit, they they might be able to save a lot of money uh, on this flick. But it, it sounds like it isn't a total disaster, though, because the, the box office numbers have been. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it well enough.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Well, it, oh, I didn't pick up on the lead that this... <laughs> Means we're gonna go into grading. So let's try that. What would you like to grade this uh, this film?
1: Eh, probably about a C C+, Actually, it doesn't quite make the B range, but like I said, it's not it's not something that I'm you know walked away from angry. Well, that's good. C plus is not bad for a
0: January opening film. You just don't have high hopes this time of year. Right. So that's not bad at all. Well, thanks very much, Mike. And uh, You're very welcome. We are going to be going to our next panelist, which, of course, is our good friend, Tracy. Tracy, what have you been watching?
2: You guys, I've been watching Body at Brighton Rock. And... It took me two days to watch an hour and twenty-eight minutes of playtime. Oh no! <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> oh, this is gonna be a, a this is gonna be a burial. I have a feeling. Okay, go ahead.
2: <laughs> so it's all about this inexperienced park ranger. She's a young, young female who trades shifts with her coworker, her friend. And I can't honestly remember what her shift was, but she chose to take the trail and check the trail for trash and things like that. So it ends up her um, just, you know, going off trail and uh, she finds a dead body Oops. and she radios back to headquarters and they say, by law, you have to stay with the body. So she's freaking out because she has to stay there overnight with this body. And the entire time, she's just hallucinating, like having hallucinations about this dead body. It, it's, it's terrible, guys.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you think of it?
1: <laughs> I, don't go I, back.
2: <laughs> I, I will go to the good things that I thought were good. Because, okay. Oh, God. Okay. So first off, it was um, um, put out in 2019, and the director was um, Roxanne Benjamin, and she was also the writer. Magnola Pictures put it out. Um, The cinematography was fairly well done, and the um, SFX was pretty good on the dead guy. But Mm -hmm. there was this (laughs) one point, you guys, look. So she's lost. She's gotten off trail, and then all of a sudden, she sees this guy. This guy out of nowhere. And this guy doesn't even have a backpack. He has nothing but a coat and what he has on him. And I'm like, wait a minute. If you're lost, why aren't, one, you following this guy back. Two, how the hell did he find you without all this stuff if you're so lost in these woods?
3: <laughs>
2: no sense to me. I had to turn it off so many times. I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't watch it. <laughs> I love but, it.
0: But you, you you, kept watching, didn't you?
2: Yeah, well, I had to. I okay. had to give a, a good review. I had to watch it to give so, the review. But the so if you
0: weren't... I, well, let, let me ask I, this question. If you what? weren't going to be doing it here tonight, would you have given up on the movie?
2: Uh, yeah, like within the first 30 minutes. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I, I know that I should pick. I, I will never pick a movie like this again. It was it was very hard for me to sit through, very hard.
0: <laughs> oh man,
2: because I sit a lot. Of-
0: <laughs> okay, it. Are, but anyway, the only yeah.
2: exciting thing about this movie is the ending. Okay. That's where it gets exciting.
0: Why? Because it was over.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, one, it was over, and it was she was attacked by a bear.
3: Well, Ships that's by a bear.
0: that's what they have on uh, on the cover art, and I couldn't find a single picture of a bear, so I kind of thought this must be like a one scene thing and a bear attack. Yeah.
2: There's one jump scare, just one, and that's kind of in the middle, if I remember right. I mean, again, it took me two days to watch, so I don't remember exactly <laughs> where things lined up, but um, yeah. Wow. One jump scare and the ending was great because of the bear.
0: Okay, well, that's good. Was it a CGI yeah. bear? Uh,
2: it it did not to me look like a CGI bear.
0: Hmm. But, maybe so it, wh- maybe it was Gentle Ben. Gentle that? Ben used to do stuff. I'm probably the only one that ever heard of Gentle Ben. Am I the only one?
2: Oh, so if God. you want. Were- It's on Amazon for free. Don't be paying for this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see it on Amazon. I saw it on Max. It was available on Max. I
2: thought it was Amazon. No. Uh, I
0: saw it on Amazon. When when I did the uh, looking for links and stuff, I found it on Max. But I think it's uh, free on Amazon if you do the uh, Max uh, trial subscription or something. Oh, I I think that it, it doesn't really matter because I have a feeling you're not going to recommend this fully. But just for grins, let's uh, go ahead and ask for your grade anyway. Uh, <laughs> what are you going to grade this thing?
2: Is there anything under an F?
0: No, yep. no, yep. there is not. Stop I say it. F-. Minus.
3: <laughs> yes. The F minus only brought out one other time.
0: <laughs> yeah, what was that? Cannibal killer clowns?
2: Um, I, I know. just don't but it was bad.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> oh I I do not I do not agree with the F minus, by the way. It's just that's too cruel. But okay.
2: And um we won't be cruel, even though I sat through two days of cruelty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Well, let's uh, let's switch off. Let's go over to Mike Exler. Hopefully, he saw something that he didn't hate completely.
2: good. good.
3: Let's see what happens here. Listen, I haven't given a bad review in a while. Yeah, it, it's because I stopped surprising. watching shit. I refuse <laughs> to do it.
2: Time I've ever gotten given anything below a C. Yeah,
0: yeah, you're usually my easy grader. Yeah. Because you you caught on before Mike or I just don't watch garbage for the show. Nope. Just watch something decent.
1: Yeah, uh, they just becomes... watch garbage because for, for fun. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> Two days of fun down here, hey.
0: So, <laughs> Mike, you watched the 10-hour movie.
3: I did. I watched a series, um, an eight episode series on. Okay. I guess hours. it's HBO. HBO. Um, Max or whatever the fuck they call it now. Uh, <laughs> it's The Last of Us. Um, it's a it's horror series that's based off of the video game of the same name um, that was a PlayStation exclusive, I believe. So it's a post-apocalyptic world well you start off in the early 2000s and uh some things happen and then that's when the virus or we'll talk a little bit about what happens when that all happens and then they do a time jump 23 years later and it's basically the after a global pandemic destroys civilization a hardened survivor takes charge of a 14 year old girl who may be humanity's last hope So that's pretty much the whole thing. So he's got to get her from point A to point B, but that's an almost impossible task to do so. Um, It's a new take on zombies, on how... And they don't call them zombies, by the way. They're either the infected. Uh, Some of them have been named clickers uh, just because of the different... uh, A clicker is completely blind. Uh, It's basically uh, using... The clicking noise is sonar to bounce back and forth to hear any small little thing noise that you make so uh ah. i can imagine playing that in the video game would be completely frustrating um <laughs> so cordyceps uh, are the cause of the infection and i didn't know a thing about cordyceps until this no. but uh they're a real thing and that's kind of terrifying that they actually do this um, what was shown to the human body, but they do that to insects because the movie said that they could not survive uh, in our body temperature of 98.6, but they evolved and they can take that temperature now. Uh, So that's the basic gist of the film or the movie series, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, Tim, you've been doing this the longest with me. I always talk about dark, bleak,
0: Yeah, I know. It's irritating.
3: (laughs) (laughs) This is it. This is the definition of it. Um, I I don't want to give any. (laughs) It just starts off sad and hopeless. And it just gets much worse the entire time (laughs) until the last episode, which we'll talk about in a moment. But I, I don't. I, again, this is spoiler-free, not okay. spoiling a thing. Okay. Um, I it Just watching this and watching other zombie movies, it just doesn't make any sense to me why you would want to survive something like this. So this could be your future. Um, just boggles my mind that people are fighting to survive. I would rather just have a zombie bite me and just it be done. Uh, <laughs> so that, what are your thoughts? Would you want to survive and live in a apocalyptic world?
0: I I would if I was Charlton Heston in Omega Man. (laughs) He had that on on
1: lock over there. Uh, Yeah, you're assuming we're not already living in the apocalyptic world. Yeah, pretty much. I mean,
0: it's close enough. (laughs) Tracy, I think you were trying to get in there too.
2: If I had all the supply stuff, I why not? Why not try it? You gotta try something. (laughs)
3: Right, right. it's true It's true And uh, with the time jump They also um, talk about Something interesting uh, The 14 year old girl uh, Who is played by Bella Ramsey uh, Who you might know from Game of Thrones um,
0: Oh, okay
3: God. She was Mormont But uh, She uh, The They examine this, uh, they're all children, so they don't know what the real world is. They've never seen, like, for example, a mall or a video game or anything like that. Sounds
0: like some of my interns.
3: (laughs) So there are times that um, she encounters these things and the actress uh, is amazing because you really believe that she is seeing and doing these things for the first time and it's just blowing her mind and you can just it just radiates off of her I mean she just killed that portion of it um now going back to the video game I have not played the video game but from what I'm hearing from friends uh it who have watched it and played it it's pretty much not verbatim because they have to add some, you know, storyline for a series rather than a video game. But it's right. very, very close um, to the to the video game, and it's weird that they don't do that more often. I don't know. Is it writers that want to twist it too much? I, I don't know. It just seems like you have the story there, so why not just embellish it a little bit and then, but
0: I don't. I, I can actually answer that. Uh, I I was watching something the other day and they were talking about when you're adapting something, it would be easier to just do a, a verbatim thing but most of the time the the thing is there for the fans who would love to see it verbatim but yeah. the the writers always, want to surprise their audience. They all—they don't want them to just go, okay, here's the next beat, here's the next beat, here's the next beat. And they're always trying to throw a surprise in there, which I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't think that happens when you're converting an Agatha Christie novel,
3: you know? it's like yeah.
0: The guy who did it is the guy who did it.
3: Right. I think we want to see it verbatim. <laughs> I mean, I do, anyway, yeah. because that's why the story is good. And I don't need you to mess it up because they never enhance it well. It's always for the worse.
0: Well, I see there, I'm going to disagree with you because there's a certain movie that I love an awful lot that you know I'm about to reference, Mike. Jaws, <laughs> Jaws was a what? mediocre, a mediocre book. It was okay. Every change they made to that book into the movie was the right choice. Every single time. I, I don't know how they, they did that, but all the things that I disliked about the book uh, are 100% improved in, in the movie. So I, I understand it, but also I think it's different too if you're taking something that's like a classic, like uh, The Christmas Carol or something, and you're making changes to it, it doesn't feel as precious as if the thing came out last week. You know? And um, I I always find interesting, like, the Marvel movies. Sometimes they're making changes that I don't... It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever about backstory or or this or that. So I don't know. I, I think... There's been success on both sides of the aisle on that, of improving it and not improving it. And uh, I think right now, though, I think we're in a spate of really good video game adaptions that have been coming out the last, what,
3: maybe three years? and uh, Yeah, because the last Mortal Kombat was pretty good.
0: Well, and there's, it, uh, TV, there's a TV series, there's all sorts of stuff that's been coming out lately that has been better. They're, they're, they're starting to kind of figure some of this out. I actually, I thought the adaption, and who the hell could have thought how to adapt it, but I thought the adaption to first Sonic the Hedgehog was freaking fantastic. And I was like, how did this happen? Now, the second movie me the brought second me one. back... Yeah, that brought me back to reality. But the the first one was really good. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they are right. hour-long
3: episodes, right? So
0: it's an eight-hour
3: thing? Yeah, I mean, some vary. Some are like 48. One's like an hour and six minutes. So, you know, it, it varies.
0: Okay. All right.
3: Um, But... As far as just getting back a little bit to the video game versus series, if you go and Google like video game versus series and look at the photos, there's a lot of people that have put, you know, the actors next to the video game and they really did their homework to make them look pretty much exactly like
0: I, the video game. I have a mission for you because you're, you're, I think, calling in tonight instead of on the computer. The, yeah. uh, the pictures that I have up on the screen, I've realized that I have uh, pictures from the TV show right next to uh, <laughs> pictures uh, from the video game because oh, I could tell see the that. difference. I could tell the difference. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like it's her. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's pretty crazy.
0: When I put it up uh, on a big screen, I go, "Oh, that's animated." Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So Pedro Pascal is Joel. Uh, he plays the, the lead guy. Um, I thought he was fantastic in the film. Uh, you get to the point where you, you can just feel the pain, his pain through the screen. He just owns the role. Other than the voice, I mean, I, it was hard not hearing Mando um, right. when he was right. talking. But other than that, I mean, he became the character. And he just owned it through the entire thing. And, you know, Tim, like a wise man once said, you can't act a negative.
0: (laughs) I was just talking about that interview the other day.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, uh, Bella Ramsey is L, you know, she's a strong, vulnerable character. Uh, She can handle herself in a fight, but she isn't really as strong as she thinks she is. Mm -hmm. But as the series goes on, um, the actress does an incredible job of showing the progression of someone living in that post-apocalyptic world that's not in a community or this new government that are basically just like gangs um that's that it's living in the shit basically and her i don't want to call it downward descent but it kind of is she becomes kind of kind of an animal um mm. but uh, yeah I mean, you figure you gotta be a fucking terrible human being to last out there. um With the, you know, the zombies are one thing, but, you know, all zombie movies have that, you know, trope now, I guess. It's that it's not just zombies coming out of nowhere and biting you, but it's the human threat that's the actual bigger threat. I mean, unless you're in a city or something like that. Right. The humans so, are always the real monsters. Exactly, and there, that is no different in this movie or in this TV show. Um, one criticism I have uh, is there could have been a little bit more zombie action. Mm. Uh, it was a it was a lot of human on human altercations and issues uh, with zombies coming back out. Now I don't know if that was monetary wise because when the zombies or clickers or whatever you want to call it were on screen, wow impressive is all i can say uh they looked really really good so it could have been that oh so they were um,
0: animated they weren't uh makeup
3: i don't know what they were I, i i couldn't tell um okay well that's good there was there's a couple that i think had to be animated you know like cgi plus uh practical okay but whatever they were doing fantastic and i know um they were nominated for a ton of awards. none of the actors won, but I know some they won some for special effects and things right. like that. yeah, yeah. so um the last thing I want to say is the ending. <laughs> I'm not sure what to say about the ending really. Um, I don't think I've seen a more raw, brutal ending in anything that I've ever seen. Um, I it's the exact same ending as the game, uh, I'm told and. So the fact that someone put it on digital film, whatever you call it, these days, yeah, it's impressive <clears throat> that someone had the guts to put this on. Hmm. So. <laughs> it's If you said you saw that coming, you're a liar. <laughs> so <laughs> it is set for a season two. Now I know in the gamer world, the second one was not as well received as the first game.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, <laughs> I don't know why, because the the cliffhanger and shit that it, the first one leaves you on, I don't know how it couldn't. I mean, if it continues. So I'm giving season two the benefit of the doubt uh, because season one was amazing. So I will, uh, I'm ready for my grade.
0: Okay. I just have to press a button here. And <laughs> all right. So what, uh, I, I'm i guessing I got my finger kind of poised over a letter. What? Uh, what are you going to give this?
3: I'm giving it an A. Yeah, it was uh, well done. Uh, can't say enough good about it. So if you're looking for something to binge, check it out. But you're not going to be happy with watching. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a rough ride. Happy watching. <laughs> so, Tim, you're going to hate it.
0: Oh, I'm not going to watch this. I, I know I'm not going to watch this. This is, this is uh, too far in, in Mike land
3: for Mike. I'll be honest with you. I don't think I'm going to rewatch season one. I think one time that ride was enough. I <laughs> think I'm good.
0: Well, fantastic. Well, glad you, uh, I guess, enjoyed your movie, uh, your your show. So yeah, I did. Now we're uh, it's it's my turn here, and <whistles> um, I think I pressed a button. There it is. I uh, my movie is Shivers from 19. Seventy-five, um, or nineteen seventy-six. It doesn't. It was different on IMDb than it was in some of the other stuff. So I don't know which year. But uh, Shivers came out. It was, uh, I believe, it's considered the first film for David Cronenberg. It's at least the first uh, feature. Um, this is the story of a doctor that's in a high-end apartment complex in Canada. And, uh, you can tell it's Canada throughout the film because there's some pretty thick Canadian accents, eh? Um, (laughs) the complex is soon infected by a parasite that causes all the inhabitants of the film, uh, basically to become violent swingers uh that are out to party all the time. Um
3: violent swingers? Is that what
0: you said? Yeah, swingers. They okay. they get
3: okay. sexual. Gotcha. It, just I it, was just wondering. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's a weird it, combo. It, it's uh, how to how to put this it basically instead of becoming a straight on zombie they become, a, or or a vampire or something. I think it's closer to like a vampire. Uh, all they want to do is um, fellatio. So it, it's, it's kind of an unusual uh, combination. It is David Cronenberg, so there's going to be some body horror, and this has some body horror in it.
3: Um, where's, the, where's the horror in this, if that's what... They the girls want to do,
1: like, what, yeah, but you're coming off a cordyceps, so anything's gonna look better, yeah. That's true, that's true.
0: (laughs) They because they kill you pretty darn quick, so it, and, and to be honest, Mike, it's a fair question because, um. I didn't think it was scary at, at all it, it's it's gory yeah. but i didn't feel it and i know david Cronenberg. there are people that are probably going nuts right now because he's considered one of the horror gods but i i wasn't too impressed with this movie now lynn lowry who i am going to be uh interviewing at Horror Realm and the reason that I I finally got around to watching this movie she she was a a standout performer in the film she's gorgeous and David Cronenberg was smart enough to insert a scene that would have been some boring exposition with her doing striptease in the background and uh, she was looking very good so (laughs) I'm like hey good direction there uh, Mr. Cronenberg Um, other than that, like the lead character is a snooze. I I mean, he's just a snooze. Um, the the Barbara Steele is in it and she has like the iconic scene where this parasite, which frankly looks like uh, a disembodied penis, uh, is chasing her down in a bathtub. Fit the tone. Yeah, it, it, it did. But it's funny, David Cronenberg kind of was ripping on some of uh, the people that made Alien because a lot of the things uh, that Alien has was also in this movie because there's like the parasite bursts out of stomachs, and it, it sprays kind of an acidic goo and that sort of thing. But I'm sitting there, and I'm like, if I would have been doing the interview, I would have said, Mr. Cronenberg, this is not Alien. Uh, it, it, it just isn't to that level. It, you know, it's, it's not a terrible movie. I, at no point was I uh, grabbing the phone and deciding to look at Facebook. You know, it, it, it kept my attention. And I was watching it on Zumo. If any of you know what Zumo is, it's kind of like Roku. Uh, it's free on Roku, on Tubi, on Zumo and out on, uh, Prime. Um, so you can pretty well see it, but Zumo put an awful lot of commercials in this thing and I was still okay with it, which that's surprising, you know, uh, when I can make it through that, but it sure wasn't something where I was um, I was feeling nervous for the characters or feeling like the tension was ramping up, it, it just felt very pedestrian to me. Uh, an interesting side note this was produced by Ivan Reitman. Does anybody know who Ivan Reitman is? A little
3: trivia for oh, no, we're all dumb, I
1: have no clue. Okay, talk about Canada, eh? Ivan Reitman.
3: Yeah. me. Comedic-
2: Masterpiece. Wait a minute, is he yeah. the
0: Ghostbusters guy? He is yeah. the guy that directed Ghostbusters and Stripes, and he later made Evolution, which I felt this movie kind of reminded me a little bit of. Uh, in fact, Ivan Reitman was a key figure in the National Lampoon uh, world. He put together the stage troupe, or at least was partially part of the one that put the stage troupe together that included Chevy Chase and, and Belushi, that he he stole from Second City out in, uh, I think it's Toronto is the one Second City and the other one's in Chicago. And that troupe is what ended up morphing in the Saturday Night Live. And it's a lot of the people from that that went on to make all those great uh, early Saturday Night Live films like Blues Brothers and Animal House and uh Taddy Shack and all that stuff. So Ivan Reitman, a, a comedy uh a huge, huge comedy guy, this was one of his early producing credits was making this film. And um honestly reading that they had basically no um no budget to speak of you know, you can obviously tell that it's lower budget, but the production elements don't don't give it away. It isn't like oh they decide not to do that because of budget. You you look at it, and it's like no, they they made it look like an entire high rise was getting filled with uh, sex crazed swingers that are ready to kill. <laughs> so, it just I, I, so I I sounds so
3: silly when you say
0: it. Well, it I, I'm saying it that way because it does sound silly because the idea is ridiculous. Yes, um, it is. <coughs> but, yeah, you've not seen this, Mike? Because it, I,
3: I have not, no.
0: Okay, this is one of those movies that comes up in conversation fairly often, so I figured this one would be an interesting one to do. I am looking forward to, I'm hoping, next week to watch another one of Lynn Lowry's films, uh, The Crazies the original by George Romero, which I oddly have seen the remake of, but had not seen the original yet.
3: <laughs> the I, remake's better.
1: <laughs> the remake's better. Are you saying that for real, or are you just uh, coughing away there? <laughs> no, I'm saying that
3: for real. I love George with all my heart, but there's two movies that I wish he never put out. That's The Season of the Witch and the Crazies. Really? Okay. Season of the Witch, I never even finished.
0: Okay. Wow. So so everything I was looking forward to there, maybe I'll watch Tourist Trap.
3: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no.
0: No, I have to watch that that one too. Uh, I got got quite a list ahead of me here. Um, But... I Again, you know, I'm kind of watching it and I go, okay, am I not getting the horror because nobody's terrified by 1975 levels of gross-out special effects? Or is it just that it it wasn't put together well? I don't know. Um, I didn't think it even unnerved me a little bit, which is unusual. Usually in a horror movie, I at least feel, you know, uncomfortable. That that never happened with this one. Um, so I I was hoping this would be the movie where I turned the corner with Cronenberg. I'm still not a fan yet. Um, but I on the bright side, this movie doesn't go on and on and on past its its shelf life. It tells its story, it gets it done, and, and you're out. So I I I have to give it a plus for that. But other than that, I'm not a huge fan of this flick. And I'm going to go ahead and grade this bad boy, and I am not giving it an A minus. I am going to be giving it uh I I have to give it a D plus. I I I really was not a fan. Um some of the acting was fine. Uh, the production elements were okay, but I just didn't like the film and it wasn't my, my stuff. So, um, and that's all there is to that one. There's not much more I can say, uh, other than the price is right. You can certainly, if you're curious about the film, you don't have to pay for this one. It's available like everywhere. It's, it's crazy how easy it is to uh find that one so go ahead and check it out all right we're at that time in the show where we take a look at the website of otherworldlyculture.com and uh right now okay come on it is not moving on my screen so i i can't (laughs) tell you what's going there it goes uh, we just have the streaming guide, and we have things from um, last season is out there. And, and that's about it. We, we didn't have a whole lot of Christmas uh, horror movie stuff out there. I know you're shocked, but uh, the, we're getting things back going, and we're going to have a great season coming up. Uh, want to, oh, come on. So then also we want to remind everybody about Mike Seeslick's website, the dragonsroost.biz. You can check that out. And uh lots of great things. There anything special going on there right now, um, Mike, that we should tell everybody about? Um, nothing up on
1: the website that's uh spectacular right now. If you are in uh, southeast Michigan or feel like driving in the snow to it, I will be at the Confusion Convention this weekend. I'll be doing a couple of panels. And then on the 3rd of February, I will be at uh, Michigan Oddities Expo. All right, fantastic. And
0: uh, we also want to remind people about uh, Tracy's website, uh, Tracy DeLeon dot com. You can find out what she's up to there. Anything going on right now, Tracy? You want to tell folks about?
2: Eh, not really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're
0: playing a coy again. And then, yeah. of course, I want to remind people that we are only 42 days away from Horror Realm. And 42. The, only 42, that's right. So, um... Mike, you're pretty involved out there. What uh, what are you looking most forward to at Horror Realm 2024, and I just realized they have the 2023 dates up there, but it's March
3: 1st through the 3rd. 1st through the 3rd. I am looking most forward to seeing you and Jeff.
0: That, that, that is an obvious thing. I do have an announcement for you, uh, Mike. My brother is going to be our personal driver. So, uh,
3: I'm looking forward to seeing Stefan as well.
0: Yeah, we're gonna have a good time coming out. Uh, You have a number of panels. Both Jeff and I have a panel or two. So uh, we'll be talking more about that in the coming weeks. I'm very excited. You got a great guest list. I think for Horror Realm this time. D. Wallace that's up on the screen right now. Uh, I absolutely am a huge Mark for E. T. and I got to tell you folks this, because I'm a total fanboy, as you know. Uh, There is a TV series that's available on CW.com. Okay? So you go to CW.com, you can find it's called 1982, The Greatest Geek Year Ever. And they cover all the movies that came out in 1982. Now, obviously, E.T.'s the the big one there. But also they talk about how Steven was involved in the making of Poltergeist. And really, there's a lot of discussion as to how much did he actually direct that anyway. Uh, you know, Mike, you've had quite a few interviews with folks from that movie. And
3: it's yeah, they a, won't talk about it.
0: They, they won't. <laughs> actually, I thought some of the most uh, eye-opening things I had heard in a long time were in this documentary because they also talked to Mick Garris, um, yeah. who was involved and nearby, <laughs> um, and some of the actors that, that obviously don't care to keep secrets anymore. Uh, <laughs> there, there was a good discussion of like, uh, Jason th- or Friday the Thirteenth Part Three came out that year. Uh, just, just a a litany of great horror sci-fi uh genre type films that all came out in 1982 it's only four episodes of about 42 minutes of a shot uh well worth your time if if you can find and it's free you know you just hit the button and away it goes so I, i would highly recommend that and uh you don't have to bother with finding shivers if you do that, it's much better use of your time. If you want to be truly, truly depressed, go watch Mike's uh, TV series, because that's what Mike seems to want all of us to be, is utterly depressed all the time.
1: However, he's the only one that had high marks. He is. I mean, we averaged out to a C grading. Well,
0: if if I was grading uh, 1982 to greatest geek, Year ever that would have been an A I I would have given that an a that was a good series. So maybe maybe the story is don't watch movies watch TV series uh, <laughs> my one of my favorite horror things in the last decade certainly as a vampire film was the strain Guillermo, uh, Guillermo del Toro's uh, the strain I absolutely love that series. it would not have worked as a movie or even like a trilogy of movies. It was great as a series. All right. I think that's everything for tonight. Anybody else have anything they want to get out in the ether before we close up the show? It's good. If not, then... uh, Stay warm. (laughs) Yeah, stay warm wherever you are and uh, get the the snow shovel ready. It, It will be used. Uh, want to wish you all a safe and and happy winter. And I believe we're coming back next week, Thursday, with another Dead On Movie Review. So get ready for that. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be talking about the crazies, which will make Mike crazy. (laughs) So that's coming next week. Thanks, everybody. And until next time, when you aim at horror, make sure... You are dead on. See you next time. (laughs) Is everybody impressed I actually remembered the closing line? (laughs) I was groping around. What was it? What was it?
3: (laughs) Don't say groping.
0: Uh, Why not? Where's your mind
3: makes going? Me, makes me uncomfortable.
0: Making you uncomfortable is a big part of the show, Mike. <laughs> not
1: sure. Well, It's not like you said moist or anything. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> or wait, that's the
0: other show I do where I make the co host uncomfortable the whole time. That's right. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We're going to shut down the stream. Thank you all, and we'll see you next time.